This is The Big Sci-Fi Podcast. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. We're Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, and we love talking all things science fiction. This is season four, but our human adventure is just beginning as we gather around our computer consoles to discuss the science fiction of film, television, and literature. Join us on our quest for fun and fascination as we go where no podcast has gone before. Everyone has permission to come aboard the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, but make sure to find your seat fast because we're taking off in three, two, one. Hit it. This podcast is a part of the Trek Geeks Network. Welcome, listeners, to today's episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm going to do my best to keep this intro short because me and my Big Sci-Fi Podcast hosts, you know, Brian and Chris and Steve, we're all super excited to talk with our guest today, Michelle Hurd. Now, fellow Trekkies, of course, know her as Rafi Musiker, or as I like to say now, Raffaella of the House of Musiker from Star Trek Picard. <laughs> now, she's the only new and non-legacy character to be on all three seasons of the show, which is something we would definitely want to talk about. And if you're one of our listeners who is less Trek, then there's a good chance you've seen Michelle because she's had a long career appearing over multiple episodes in several popular shows like Gossip Girl, How to Get Away with Murder, Daredevil, The Glades, and so much more. And of course, the two series I used to watch regularly, which is where I knew her from, which was ER and Law and Order SVU. So I am seriously impressed with the breadth and longevity of your career, Michelle. So thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us today, this evening. Oh, thank you, Adina, for that beautiful intro. And hello, everybody. Hello to you all. So nice to be here with you, Brian, Chris, and Steve. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, yeah, so, of course, we are dying to know, you know, all things Picard. So we should probably yeah. get some of that <laughs> out Jump first. Jump in there, right? Yeah. Well, what was it like working with the rest of, you know, you're coming in as a, a non-legacy, but you're working, you're in deep with all yeah. the legacy people, especially this last season. I mean, what was that like yeah. coming into that? It was, it's a very, it was kind of wild because I, um, I I'm going to tell something of the end, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but. I got into this habit um, after first season, during first season, um, where I would come to set and sort of uh, on people's last day, I would come, mm. whether I was working or not, I'd come um, to say, you know, how much I appreciated them, their energy, bring them what they're, you know, being here, working together. And I'd give the uh, help the official clap off. And so I, I, I started doing that each season because I honestly, because everybody started to expect it. They're like, hey, Michelle, so-and-so is rapping tomorrow. Are you going to be here? I was like, oh, I guess I am. <laughs> um, but I, I love doing it. And I have to say, doing it at the end of season three with those uh, characters were kind of uh, bizarre because, you know, that's decades, you know, of uh, legacy. Right. Three seasons. And to sort of say, thank you so much for joining us was just a, you know, a, a kind of a crazy experience. But that kind of, encompasses what I I've gone through you know I've I've I'm very lucky because I got to spend you know my first season I worked mostly with Sir Patrick Stewart oh. and Santiago I know and Santiago Cabrera who give him the props oh, because I love Rio so good I mm -hmm. love Rio so I got to work with them you know mostly and then second season I'm working with Jerry Ryan I mean what right and then right. third season I'm working with Michael Dorn. So I, I literally have had one of the most amazing experiences in this um, Star Trek, you know, journey. And one of the things I didn't expect, which I was told 
very early on by both Jonathan Del Arco and Jonathan Franks that Star Trek is unlike any show you'll ever be on. Mm. You're going to have such an impact on not fans, but family, because Trekkies are family. We're all mm-hmm. like-minded. We all, you know, there's a reason that this thing for 56 years people have still been watching because we're all sort of bonded in this sort of con- yes, we're all sort of bonded in this this right. the concept of of uh you know showing a, a mirror up to society, trying to do better, make better choices, have hope for a better tomorrow, showing what other isms are like, what mm-hmm. um you know I mean we talked the the, leg- the old Star Trek the original was talking about immigration, right, talking about right. sexism, was talking about racism. I mean, that episode, that episode, which I'm, I'm blanking on, I, I was trying to remember before I got on here, um, the original series, mm-hmm. where they have the black and white. Ah, uh, yes. Let this be your last battlefield. Yes, Let this that's be the your one. last battlefield. This, <laughs> this episode is about two groups of people, one that is black on the right side, one that is black on the left side. Mm-hmm. They're the same people, right? But because of their vitriol for each mm-hmm. other, they destroy their planet. Mm-hmm. Yes, they their entire society. The whole mm-hmm. destroy it, and I mean, like, if we can't see that, if mm-hmm. we can't see that, mm-hmm. then we're doomed. You know, yeah, and, right, and right. I, I love that. You know, people who are are Trekkies, we all we see it, mm-hmm. we see it, and we're like, let's try to figure out how to do better with all of our iterations. All of the different shapes and sizes, all of the different sounds, the different looks, the different, you know, all, everything. We are here. Let's mm-hmm. not destroy our world. Right. So, um, right. yeah, the, the three seasons have been kind of an amazing experience. Working this last season with the, uh, you know, these legacy characters coming on was just, you know, a gift. I got to um, not only get to work with them, but I also got to, just like you guys, to say to them, thank you for what you gave me growing up. Right. Uh, you know, I'm I'm honored to to share the space as a a, a co you know co actor with you, but I'm also honored as a Trekkie fan to <laughs> say thank you for what you did. I mean, Lavar Burton with the Rainbow, you know, oh, yeah. reading. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he taught me, my nephews, you know, and and not to mention he's Kunta Kinte. He's Kunta Kinte. Oh, right. I mean, <laughs> I know some I people for, some people on. forget that about yep. it, no. the reading Rainbow Legacy is so huge. Next That's Gen right. Legacy is so mm-hmm. huge that yep. there is, I think there is, and I hope a whole younger generation investigates LeVar Burton more because mm-hmm. when they too. see that root series and what he did and what that whole series was about, it, yeah. it could really affect some people in a very positive mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Cause, it, Cause we all grew up on that. Like that yeah. was, that was kind of yeah. a history. That was like a lesson mm-hmm. school yeah. for mm-hmm. us. We all mm-hmm. learned a whole bunch and it was impactful. So yeah. But everybody, yeah. it's just, it's been amazing, you guys. Amazing. So did did you know you were, like, this is was going to be, you know, getting involved in Trek meant kind of like all of this stuff too and being, you know. Well, I think, I think like first season when Jonathan DeLarco and Jonathan Franks <laughs> told me that, they were like, Michelle, when this show's drops, you know, uh, and I mean, I, you know, you guys named some of the shows I've been on, big shows, mm-hmm. yeah. huge followings all over. So there's nothing like it because mm-hmm. the day that this drops, you are you will be known and loved by 10 million people across mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. not america the world mm-hmm. and that's and i don't think i could really kind of understand you know i sort of was like wow that sounds crazy this yay you know i didn't really get it and i did my i think i did germany uh fedcom i went to germany for the comic con fedcom 
and was blown away, mm-hmm. blown away. I mean, so many people, so many accents and languages and, you know, and, and just love, you know, mm-hmm. so much love for, for Star Trek and what it means. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't think I really understood that. Although, you know, and I, and I've told this before, I, um, you know, Star Trek in my house, I'm, I'm black and white. I'm biracial. My father is black and my mother is white. Um, they have three daughters. I'm the baby. And my father was an actor. Actually, my parents were both actors. They met on stage together. But then once the, the kids got started being born, my mom was like, eh, somebody needs to make a steady income. I think I'll become a psychologist. <laughs> um, she's a psychologist. That's cool. Yeah. Very good. Very good. She, hey, they're smart. But I, we, you know, my father wanted to make sure that his three daughters saw themselves represented mm. in the mm. world, in entertainment, in the in the galaxy. And because of Michelle Nichols, Uhura, mm. you know, we would sit down as a family and watch, you know, Star Trek reruns. And I, I think, and I, I don't know if people realize, and I think a lot of people do realize this, but I hope people really understand that optics really do matter. And we don't even understand the impact of optics right, right. because I don't know if I knew like as a little munchkin, if I was able to articulate mm-hmm. this, but watching Uhura on the bridge, um, not just a, a, you know, a woman of color on TV. She mm-hmm. had, she had gravitas, mm-hmm. she had importance. Mm-hmm. She had, you know, they asked her for things. Mm-hmm. She gave them information. There are some episodes that she saved the day. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's quite a few. Yeah. It's quite amazing. A few. And I think that subconsciously, consciously, whatever, gave me and my sisters the permission to be bold, to be brave, mm-hmm. to just step up and speak and be seen. So right. I, I'm, I appreciated that so much now because now I thought, Michelle, biracial creature, woman of a certain age crazy, crazy hair, <laughs> you have the opportunity to do that, to move that forward. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things uh, during the first season, um, well, before the first season started, I talked to my uh, producers and we were talking about Rafi and what she, her look was. And I said, it's incredibly important for me that Rafi has a silhouette of unruly, huge, mm. curly hair, mm. unruly, because I want <laughs> all these little munchkins right, that have this kind right. of crazy hair to yeah. see that it's okay yeah. that we're that it's beautiful it's it's fine and mm-hmm. that I'm still here in 2400 in space mm-hmm. with crazy curly hair and you know one of the things that was interesting was that that my hair person at the time and I I love her there's nothing you know all good things all good things but I I speak of this because I want people to understand um the sort of implicit or I don't even that sometimes people can uh, uh, push agendas, which they don't mm-hmm. realize. Right. Because yes. there was one day that we were shooting. Yeah, we were shooting. We were, we were rather, I was sitting in the chair and we were just getting my wig on and we were preparing. And, um, and she said, Hey, Michelle, you know, I got, I have, I just had a great idea. Uh, I was thinking about it yesterday. I said, Oh, what? I was just thinking if there's a moment where Rafi wants to get dressed up, you know, gets fancy, we should, you know, straighten her hair and, and you know, and we'll make her look glorious. And I turned to her and I said, <laughs> Why, why do you think Rafi would think mm. that in order for herself to look beautiful, she'd have straightened hair? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rafi wouldn't think that. Why, right. why would, who, who would have told Rafi that? Yeah, why would that's she, a good point. Yeah. yeah. No. And, yeah. and it's, it's that thing of like, 
you know, trying to get this, this mm-hmm. to conform to a concept of beauty mm-hmm. that this was never included in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this, that's a good point. As people of color, there are so many different, you know, locks, braids, boxes, uh, twists, afro, so many different textures mm-hmm. that was never included. Included in the concept of beauty mm-hmm. in America, yeah, and we all started to try to homogenize ourselves. You know, I have so many mm-hmm. of my sisters, and, and and my sisters of color are listening here. Please, you know, I love you so much, and and, and empower yourself. But the the fact that we 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 wear wigs every single day, mm-hmm. you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're beautiful. Own yeah. that crown. Own that crown. And and even if your crown is a half an inch long, baby, right. own that right. crown because it's 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 our natural beauty. Right. But what I love is that when I said this to my producers, they were like, Michelle, yes, 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 let's <laughs> do that, go. And and that's mm-hmm. again Star Trek. That's so awesome that you could say that and have that impact and and be heard and not be dismissed and actually. So that's that's wonderful. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's the Star Trek. That's Roddenberry people. You know, they, yeah. they're good about that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. No, they've lived this philosophy since day one. And oh. it's permeated through every single season, every single series, yep. every yep. single episode, right up into yourself. And by the way, curly hair is the greatest standout. My youngest mm-hmm. daughter has curly hair. And that's the first thing <laughs> they notice. And I think Adina's son has some... Mm-hmm. Lovely uh, yes. curls as well. Yes, yep. and Although, they look great. Not the same texture, but it is crazy curly. It's what is interesting though is, and my my older son also has long hair. It started out curly, but then just he just started growing it out. It's just long. Um, they often get confused, like for being girls, mm-hmm. even uh-huh. though if you, if you actually look at them, you look at their face that they're not. Um, right. But none of it, it's kind of funny because I was just telling this to someone the other day. Uh, we were at like out at a restaurant recently, like just before Easter. And this older woman, you know, um, looks at him and and then again, he's so cute. So people want to talk to him and everything like that. And it was like a week before Easter. And she, she was like, Oh, are you guys, you know, getting ready for Easter? You have a nice pretty dress picked out, yada, yada. And now I am half Jewish mm-hmm. in my head. I'm actually slightly more upset that she's making the assumption that were celebrators. I, like I'm not upset. That, I'm not upset about the gender thing. I'm actually upset about like you know about that. You know, and right. I'm because I'm, I'm I'm half Jew. I'm half Jewish and half half Catholic, and I'm not really anything. But but the the fact that that was the assumption, and that that's actually what what bothers me a little bit. That. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. My, my son had inc- my wife has curly hair, and my son was gifted with incredibly curly hair and he always and he was the cutest little thing too and beautiful eyes Mm -hmm. and so he was people were always oh she's a beautiful baby and so we're just like we hardly ever corrected people because they're trying to pay a compliment it's a beautiful kid right trying to be nice but here's the thing is though is that one day uh brody says to dad you know hey i want my hair cut like yours oh of course and oh, so daddy. it it uh it happens and the curly hair has never come back. Like we have tried to let it grow it out, it's just gone. 
Yeah, yeah that was that, that was that baby that baby curls when the baby mm-hmm. curls yeah. go away. That's it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what happened. Frank's has just kind of gotten long and wavy, and if he ever does, I mean, it's up to he's almost thirteen, so it's in his hands now what he wants to do if he wants to cut it or not. But I will, right. I will probably cry if he ever wants to cut it. I, I want to so mention, <laughs> I want to mention real quick too, Michelle, because you you mm-hmm. touched on something that's really important for me as a dad with a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I. For the first time, well, maybe not the first time, but I'm more sensitive to it now that I have a daughter. Um, understanding some of the hurdles she is going to have just because she's a woman, she's, she, she will have to work harder, um, to earn respect, to climb any ladder she wants to climb, whatever vocation she chooses. Yeah. Um, And for something like for me, and I'm not, I don't want to get political with it, but to watch the first woman vice president get inaugurated and our kids, mm-hmm. whoever gets inaugurated, whoever, whoever we voted for, didn't vote for, we watch that. Right. That's important to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, we, we are, it's incredible. We do that. It with peace. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. It's, well said. It's, yeah. And so it's, I wanted her to see this woman. Yeah. And I'm you know, cheering up going, Peyton, that could be you if you want it to be you. Yes. You want you know? The door absolutely. is open. You're absolutely right, that's Brian. You know, Brian, that's a really great point. I, I, I said that to my sister when Obama was elected, because um, I have two glorious brown nephews. And um, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to school, which was 100 years ago, but when I went <laughs> to school, in lower school, they had... Um, they had a, across the wall of like, you know, the top of the right. classroom, they had mm-hmm. the pictures all of all the, the presidents, presidents, right? Right. Yep. And it's interesting, right? Because it was at the top around the, the room, right? So that's mm-hmm. like above you, right? Mm-hmm. So without, once again, optics and subconscious, unconscious. Yeah. For the whole time that I was there in school, all I saw was older white men. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Were always yeah. above me. And that was just the norm. There was not a question. There wasn't even discussion. It was just the norm. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of, like my, just like you, Brian, my sister and I were crying on that day because all I kept thinking was like, oh, my God, yeah. from this moment on, mm-hmm. little little brown and, and black yep. boys and girls mm-hmm. are going to see something else on that on that, you know, wall. Right. And they're mm-hmm. going to and now they're going to have that uh, um, permission mm-hmm. to go. I can be there as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I had the same experience. Yeah. Amazing. That's so, great. So, so growing, you know, what you were saying a few minutes ago about like things being subconscious and you're getting this, you know, the message subconsciously. And yeah. I, I think I kind of experienced some of that too, um, you know, because of course I was aware of, you know, Uhura growing up mm-hmm. and, you know, even Princess Leia, who was yeah. pretty like, you know, bad, bad, bad butt. But, you know, <laughs> what's, bad, what I'm, but now, <laughs> what I'm noticing now, so now that I'm conscious of all that, this is where I'm like, so thrilled with your character of Rafi and mm. Jerry Ryan's character because women of a certain age and now getting that representation to kick butt and everything like that yeah. too because mm. that's been like a you know I feel like I, I I remember like you know 10 20 years ago the conversation being like well if you when once you hit 40 or 50 you're going to be no. a mom or a grandma in TV and that's it and now to actually see you like and for me I'm I'm almost 49 and to see women who are a couple years older than me and basically my peers and kicking butt is so it's like, oh my God, where's the treadmill? I am, I am gonna, <laughs> I am, you know, I want, I'm like, it, it's awesome and I love it so much. And I'm feeling like I'm still not at the point, I still need mentors, you're right. And I still mm-hmm. need women to look up to. And I'm so mm-hmm. happy that you all mm-hmm. are representing that yeah. aspect of 
of life too. It's just amazing yeah. to me. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I do you know, you, you know, you guys know I, I played like cops and, you know, these things for a long time. I swear, I swear to God, it felt like when I turned 40, like in Hollywood, there was like a bell that went off, like ding, 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 ding. Michelle can't run anymore. Michelle needs to be just the captain. Because like, literally, like, it seemed like the next day, I was now the captain as opposed to the detective. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really, you know, I was like, Hmm. okay, that's fine. I like being captain, you know, no problem. And then I continued on and I was like, oh, oh, I see. So I'm the captain. You're the, you're the wise old yeah. captain now. I'm the, the wise old captain, or whatever. Yeah. Or, or, mm-hmm. or I'm the divorcee. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Or I'm the um, you know, um, widower. Or I'm the you know, it's it's the past. You know, it's mm-hmm. and it's a real um, it's a real head trip. You know, it's a really mm-hmm. crazy thing to sort of um, see how the the it's not the world how the industry is going to force you to mm-hmm. see yourself. Because we oh, fascinating. still yeah. see ourselves very viable. You know, I'm still yeah. like, I can still yeah. run. I can jump and punch. Yeah. You know, what are you talking about? And I have to say that that's one of the things I have found, which I didn't know um, in my prior work, that sci-fi, sci-fi allows specifically women of a certain age to flourish. Hmm. Yeah. Because we're allowed to do all. Mm-hmm. We can be the love interest. We can be the hero. We can be the villain. We can do all of that stuff. In mm-hmm. traditional, you know, procedural, it, my life is so much smaller. Like I, I had to say, my, as soon as the third season, we wrap third season and, you know, you're like, okay, well, this is terribly sad, but now I have to go on and, mm-hmm. and you know, get another job. The, the things that first came across my, uh, you know, emails, like all the jobs, I was just like, oh, my God. Am I back there again? Like it just felt really? so, oh yeah, it felt wow. you know, like it just crushed my heart because I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm 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 a and mind you, <laughs> if anyone's listening out there about you know a network or studio, I'll be a captain. I have no problem. <laughs> so I, I got ask, you. Let me ask <laughs> you this question, uh, Michelle. Uh did when you when you wrap season three, did they say don't disconnect your phone? We might be calling you for another series <laughs> since the way they she left talk on the end. It's classified. I yeah, we're, we like, are all your first hoping. Officer. We're hoping. We will like support that. Oh, my God. We are, I know. We are hoping. We are hoping. And, and, and I'm, I'm hoping with you guys. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jerry and I um, and Ed, I mean, you know, the concept of a, a Star Trek legacy, um, we love. We love. And also, I mean, I just feel like we have so many more stories to tell. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I got to say, specifically, Rafi has a lot more stories to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, we we haven't seen a Rafi, you know, um, mm-hmm. such a perfectly imperfect character. She's a grandmother. I mean, she's a grandmother. Like, right. yes. I, I fought four different changelings at one time with a steady can that was yes. one shot. That was pretty oh, wow. That's awesome. I, I, yeah. I, that's one thing I've been wondering about is – yeah what the training was like and what it was actually like to do all those stunts because you go hand to hand with Worf and you keep up. That's yeah. right. It's, That's right it was so impressive. You're like, oh, you're as it. good as Worf and it was so smooth. Oh. And, uh, mm-hmm. oh, it was, it was yeah. fantastic. No, it was great. We, um, I, I, honestly, what, what ended up happening was that that, that uh, episode that was, we shot that after the Christmas break. Now, we were all doing really good. We had our COVID protocols and all that stuff, and everything was great. We were shooting, and I'm really conscientious because I love Patrick, and 
all my mm-hmm. seniors, and I want to make sure that is good. But our Christmas break, and I came back to New York. I, you know, had all my doctor's appointments, my dentist, my, you know, GYN, all that stuff, and I got COVID. Oh so, no! Yeah, I kicked my butt. Um, and so then I got back to this to LA to start shooting, and I was told that we were going to be doing this fight. And I had an annoying, I'm a total athlete, you know, I'm, I actually, you know, I work out all the time. I'm a martial artist, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, oh, I'm cool. an athlete. Um, but I was told that we're going to do this fight and I had long haul fatigue, mm. which by the way, if anybody has experienced mm. it, it's, it's quite dreadful. You're literally like on the couch or in the chair, whatever. And you just have no, like the thought of moving was just so far foreign for me. I just couldn't, I could not. I mm. couldn't motivate myself to get back up, mm-hmm. but I love my character. I love my show so much. I love the co- possibility of me fighting. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to my stunt team. And for the, like the two, I think it was two or three weeks before shooting, I went in, whether I was working or not, we carved out two hours every day to work on the fight so that I could get my stamina up so that I could do it in one take. Cause we wanted to do it. A, we wanted to do a wow. steady cam. Nice. We didn't want to do one section. We, we, we really wanted that, that, you know, that flow to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, that's what I did. And by the time it was ready to, to shoot, I was ready. And I think we did, you know, we did two takes and that take that's there is the first take. Wow. Very wow. good. That's, that's great. Incredible. Pretty cool. See, there were <laughs> I'm going to so go many... rewatch yeah. that right when we're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the... <laughs> There were so many moments throughout season three in particular. I loved all three mm-hmm. seasons, but mm-hmm. season oh, three, of course, is I, I call it the single greatest season of Trek ever. Uh, that's how good I feel that it that it is. I was it, it just it did everything for me that Next Gen did when it was at its height. I'm a huge Deep Space Nine fan, too. And oh, yeah. I, I just I, it, this this whole season just touched on so many things. Yeah. And I'm glad that Terry Metalis went there and took so some risk because it could have yeah. been cheesy. It could have yeah. been cheesy. It was. But, you're absolutely right. Oh, it yeah. Was, nothing but tear jerking. And oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I loved every tear I cried, though. I just ever I was jumping off the couch, Michelle, yeah. every time <laughs> when war shows up to save your butt in that Ferengi thing. You know, I mean, I'm jumping up and down like I haven't done that in years for television. <laughs> And my wife's like, you have lost your ever loving mind. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just was so good to see the gang back together. There's so many good things. Oh, my God. I don't goodness. cry. I'm not a crier. I'm not a very emotional. But like I was I was crying for so like in good, good ways, like for so many things, especially the the last episode, the when they mm-hmm. opened up with Chekhov. Mm-hmm. Oh, again, I was oh, no. bawling, yeah. bawling. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, nice no- touch. What I found so interesting about this experience is that the three seasons, because when people talk to me about it and ask questions, I was, I say that really the three seasons are kind of standalone um, seasons oh, yeah. yeah, because they're completely different. We have, you know, the first season, Michael Chabon was our, our, our showrunner. Michael Chabon is a, a novelist. He writes mm-hmm. amazing books, right? So mm-hmm. the first season, if you think about it, was kind of like that, right? Like mm-hmm. turning a page and reading, and it had that kind of pace to mm-hmm. it. And you could you could be sitting in, and drinking tea and, and, you know, reading the story that we were unfolding. Second season, Akiva Goldsman was the um, uh, showrunner. And, you know, he won an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind. So mm-hmm. very, you know, heady and numbers and time travel and science and all that kind of stuff. Third season, as you just mentioned, Terry Metalis, who is a true Trekkie. 
He was a yep. PA yes. on Voyager when Jerry had her very first day. Oh, so, wow. Wow. They've known each other that long. Wow. Yep. Cool? And they've been friends the entire time. And so I, hmm. I, I think like for him, he and he was a PA on that show because he was a Trekkie. He was, a, mm-hmm. you know, he's he was geeking out. He was like, I got to be on the show. So he's been, you know, behind the scenes, watching it the whole time, worked his way up here. And now he's a showrunner. And he, mm. you know, and I'm not, I don't think I'm saying anything. I'm not supposed to say whatever, but right. he absolutely championed every single legacy character that he he brought on. There was, you know, mm. there might've been a possible, like, why do we need to bring that person on sort mm. of from powers at me or whatever? Mm. And he literally was like, because they have to be here. The fans will appreciate them being here. They need this story to be told. And it's respectful to the Trekkie world that we we bring them back and we tell this story. Yeah. And, that, you know, for me too, watching it, I was just like, you better go, Terry, because he, yep. he knocked it out. Yeah, that's what, I, you know, it was like, they took one of us, one of us deep Trekkies, <laughs> and he knew he knew exactly what we wanted, what's been going through our mm-hmm. heads. He knew and he was able to get it done. And he wins Trekkie of the Year. Right. Yeah. Also, also the the legacy actors, Frakes and mm-hmm. Gates McFadden. Gosh, I yeah. tell you what, there there are Michelle. I've I've said this to this crew, and I think publicly on this podcast. I don't know how there's not some Emmy nods in here for yeah. the acting, not just the effects in the story in the writing. There know, has right? got to be some Emmy nominations all the way around for the acting because there are so many unbelievable moments. Every actor got to shine. It was phenomenal. I, I, and, I will and, say, and, go, ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, Michelle. Well, go I was ahead. just going to say, yeah, I agree. And we, uh, uh, like no other Star Trek, new Star Trek, we were in the top five streaming. Um, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> but I will tell you, bringing on Amanda Plummer, her character, she <laughs> must have had like every day go to set and say, I'm going to have so much fun playing <laughs> such a you know, evil character. Jack, 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 Jack. And spinning in her little chair <laughs> and just smoking her cigarette. Right. And just like, I mean, <laughs> how often do you get to play and have so much fun playing a character that was so well written and yeah. created out of essentially thin air, but still, you know, right. and to make her so lovable and so hated mm-hmm. and giving her, and I'm going to say this as I've said all along, the greatest exit line of any Star Trek character of right. all time when exactly. they eject her out of the <laughs> ship and what she says couldn't be on regular network television, but it fit her character absolutely beautiful perfect yeah yeah no i i did i did a little geek out i have to say because we don't crisscross at all on the Mm -hmm. show and there was a day where i was at you know like base camp getting my hair makeup done or whatever and i stepped out and she was standing there and i i was like just be calm michelle just be cool just be cool just be calm and i was like oh my god i'm such a fan you're so good (laughs) that's great that's That's really cool oh my goodness michelle's human hooray (laughs) just like the rest of us just like the rest of us yeah no she's and I gotta say, play, like I on um, Blind Spot, I was uh, the villain on Blind Spot, mm. this, uh, that show on NBC. And I gotta say, when you're given a really yummy, juicy villain, mm-hmm. something that you can sink your teeth in, ah, it's the best. Yeah. It's yeah. the best because you're yeah. you're given permission to sort of not, you know, it's not like you're going over the top, but you you just get to like luxuriate into yeah. in like yeah. all of it. It's it's delicious, mm. and she did such a phenomenal job. 
So, so what have been some of your other favorite roles outside of outside of Trek that you've done? Yeah, outside of Rafi, really because Rafi really is like my you know favorite. I just I I think that she's so complex. She's mm-hmm. so um as I always say perfectly imperfect. So much like uh, we all are. Um, she's mm-hmm. by far my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Shepard from Blind Spot is my second, just because I I really you know she was a righteous villain. She was a mm-hmm. righteous villain and. She didn't. So she didn't think what she was doing was wrong. There was a reason why she right. was doing it. And as an actor, that gives you so much real estate to to really, you know, dig into because you have you're you're validated, mm-hmm. um, and nothing seems too um, far fetched, you know. Um, and then I, I and then it's tricky for me because then they all sort of blend a little bit. <laughs> they all have um they all have their own specific sort of joys, you know. I mm-hmm. loved Renee because um that was an interesting um for Hawaii Five O, um I had. Shy McBride was doing a show here in New York um, and I had auditioned for his wife. I didn't get that, but then I got, um, uh, I got like a guest star, you know, uh, an episodic, you know, star, whatever. And so I shot, I shoot that thing and, and we start talking we're getting along really well. I just have such a great, you know, we're having a good day. Um, and the second last day that I, I finished, we were walking to the car together. Um, and he was like, yeah, oh, it's been such a pleasure, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I was like, well, you know, I did audition for your wife, so you could have had all this, but you're only getting a week of you. So then cut to um, he gets cast in in uh, Hawaii Five-0, and they decide to make him, to give him a family. And he requested mm. me wow. to be his wife. That's and so when great. I got to, so phenomenal, when I got cool. to, um, to, the, to uh, Hawaii and I walk into my dressing room, there's like a, a bouquet of flowers, you know, a bottle of champagne, he goes, I guess I get all that now. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing. We, we had friend of the show, great guy, John Billingsley on. Mm-hmm. And I asked him the question because he was on Hawaii Five O, an episode playing a, an attorney. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he had a horrible time there. He's not a Hawaii person. You were there for how long? And did you, I mean, did you enjoy your time on the oh, island? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I recurred on on Hawaii Five O for a couple of years. Like I'd show up, at, you know. Um, so, um, I had a great time. I mean, Shy is phenomenal. Shy McBride is phenomenal. I loved working with him. The cast was really welcoming to me. Um, I, I mean, the only I'll tell you the only thing that is sort of a not a downside, but what's weird is that, and this is going to be such a strange thing to say, but Hawaii becomes a workplace. And not uh, a a beautiful island destination vacation anymore. Right. That's funny you say that. Yeah. You say that because I used to have to go there on business with an old company and people would say, oh, my God, you went to Hawaii. What's it like? And I said, well, it's the San Fernando Valley with beachfront property. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, my, my dear sweet wife, who's in the other room, who loves you on the show and loves the Hawaii Five-0, we go to Hawaii. Every year, every other year, we've been to all four islands and it's just, it's really, truly a paradise. So to get to work on that show and to live on Hawaii, yes, in between shooting and where you got, you know, where there's all that mayhem and everything the show always had. Should should Elaine make a special guest appearance for just a moment here? Would Want you? me to mute your mic while you go? Okay, we, okay. You okay with that, Michelle? Of course. Okay, all hold right. on a second. I'm, I'm going to mute you. What are you okay. saying, Chris? I see you saying something there. Oh, I was, I'm just very curious. I guess we can get into this later, but I just wonder as an actor, what is one scene 
that you had to prepare for where you would prepare for go to bed and then wake up in the middle of the night and you're like oh i have that scene tomorrow well i i have to say the scene and it was sort of that but the scene with um oh i'll say hello here okay hello well hello there how you doing we've got to unmute steve sorry i'm trying oh i see what i'm doing here (laughs) hi hi how you doing fine thank you and yourself i'm very well Good. Very well. Good. I hear you're in Hawaii. You love the, you like Hawaii. You enjoy I Hawaii do. as well as Hawaii yes. 5 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was my guilty pleasure. It's my it's Star a, Trek. <laughs> oh, very nice. It is, it's, a good, it's a good guilty pleasure. It's a good one. <laughs> we had a blast. Uh, yep. Yeah. And it just, it, I think it coincided with when we first went to Hawaii was about the time that it started. Oh, so, interesting! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, so, that whole group has been. I had even a great had a Camaro that we rented. We called it Dano. Yes. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy yeah. it there? Did you like? I I really did. I had a great time. I you know I really liked hanging out with the cast. The cast was really nice to me. Right. We you know we hang out and have dinners together, and I loved my downtime that I was when I wasn't working because they would put you on a hotel near the beach so you could right. like hang out on the beach. Right. Um, it was all, you know, it was all lovely. I mean, it was always kind of weird sometimes when I'd be at whatever hotel they, they'd uh, put me up at and I'd walk through the lobby and there'd be people in like wedding dresses and, you know, are on their honeymoon. And I'm like, right. so weird. I'm at the hotel for work and they're here for their honeymoon. <laughs> <It's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty was, good work location, though. Very good lo- work yes. location. So it was very yes. fun. Was really yes. Fun. Well, I I had been watching the show while I exercise and I think I finished the whole series and my favorite part of you was, I think it was either the eighth or ninth season, you were in it for like a two minute conversation. And that was it. Yeah. And I thought, That's boy, it. that must be nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. There were times literally they would fly me in for like that. I would fly in for like three, four days just for right. that. Yeah. Great. Not, wow. It's a good job if you can get it. You know. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, really nice to meet you. Very nice meeting you as well. <laughs> and I did enjoy you in Picard as well. That is well, your you. great character. <laughs> thank you. I'll thank get you. my husband back in here. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. And now, Chris, to answer your question, um, I have to say one of the scenes that um, I, I don't want to say haunted me, but that I um, that I had read. And I touched upon and I sort of had to go like this and I would touch it and I'd go like this is was uh, when Elnor, um, when Elnor mm. gets, uh, when Elnor dies. It was one of those things that, you know, I read and I was like, man, I don't even have to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything uh, with that because mm. I, and I, I, I've said this in many different interviews, but like I, Michelle loves Evan um, as much as Rafi loves Elnor. Um, I think, El, uh, in fact, I just saw uh, Issa this afternoon and I'm going to see Evan um, at some point next week. But um, those two young actors were just such gifts. You know, they're young actors and it's their very first season, series, TV series. Mm. And they are walking onto a set with, you know, Patrick Stewart and, you know, Allison Pill and Jerry Ryan, you know, these big thing people mm. and being directed by Jonathan Franks. And that's a lot, you know. Um, and they, they just did such a phenomenal yeah. job and they myself, yeah, they really yeah. did. They really did. And, and Evan and I just really, um, because Rafi needed a son, um, you know, I had to lean into that. And so then mm, I really just love Evan. So doing that scene, those scenes were really 
painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was just so beautifully acted, and it was like really, it was tough to watch. And I was like, I really hope there's some time travel stuff that's gonna fix things. But it was just, <laughs> it was brutal. It was brutal. It was. Yeah. I, I have to say one thing is that mm. when they showed your little mo- mobile home, yeah, and they list in the bottom right hand corner. Vasquez Rocks. Rock, that's right. Which is where so many episodes of Star Trek were shot. It was Vulcan and so many other series and movies. And I'm going, finally, truth in advertising. <laughs> They're really saying Star Trek resides at Vasquez Rocks. And I thought that's that right. was so cool. It was cool. And that's a pretty cool trailer, by the way. I think mm-hmm. Rafi had a pretty cool setup. That's yeah. My personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I have I have a question that's totally yeah. nerdy. Okay, please. This is the nerdiest question I may oh, have yeah. asked any guests. Okay, give it to me. Give All it. right, Enterprise A B C D E or F <laughs> or G? I guess. Oh my God, that I is a really good. See I see. That's I told you. I'm sorry. I feel ashamed just asking it. <laughs> no, we're all at. We're all wondering. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not as learned. I don't know if okay. I would be able to 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 pick that. I'm do not sure. Legal? That's cool. Hmm? I say, do you legally have to say G now? <laughs> it I is her so. ship. It is I her ship. Well, yeah. I literally, when I said that, I li- that's literally what I thought first. I was like. I guess the smart answer is to say, you know, the one that I'm on. This is right, right, right. So, yeah, see, see. The one right, that I'm, I'm on. Gonna, I'm going to think of a better question. I'm going to think of a better another... question and get back to you. Okay. <laughs> another question. I'm, I love talking to actors, of like Trek actors about this, but how did you find the dialogues? I found like... The series mm. wasn't as techno babble heavy, but I imagine there must have been some times where like, I don't know what, what we're talking about here. Oh my God. Yes. And I'm like, you know, I'm dyslexic. So there'd be, there's literally times where I'm reading script. I'm like, mm, that, that's not a word. That's not a name. I don't know what this is. Someone's going to have to say it to me like three times. Um, and there were, you know, there were some times that we had some, you know, some, some strange, even like simple things like, cause when you're shooting and, it's such a strange thing, you know, it really is. Because mm. sitting here and talking, I could probably say these words, like even <laughs> saying Tal Shair, you know, our tricorders and all that kind of stuff. When you're shooting and you have it attached to other things, things come out of your mouth that you're just like, you know, Dil Yashir, what? No, Tal Shair, what are you, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it is tricky. And all of us had to sort of lean into that. And, and everybody was really, it's sort of a norm thing. Like I'd ask, you know, Patrick and he's like, yes, that happens all the time, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that we just kind of roll. You just kind of roll through. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, and especially if you're dyslexic, you're just like, help me, please help me, help me. <laughs> so, so what do you what do you do to to memorize your lines? Like, do you have any tricks? Like, um, no, you know, I I think everybody, um, all actors who memorize have their own different thing. Mm-hmm. There's there's no set pattern. You know, some people um say their words into a uh, a tape recorder and listen them back. Some people write mm-hmm. their things out. Um, I'm old school. I like having the paper script. I like highlighting my lines. I like reading the scenes through multiple times. My biggest thing that I, I always try to tell actors, mm-hmm. and it seems really simple, and like, why would I have to say that? But mm. you have to say it. Is just <laughs> is just know the story that you're you're telling. Mm-hmm. Just 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 know why you're saying what you're saying. The context you know, around yes, it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know, uh, Brian and Dina, you both told me stories about your 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 boys. Mm-hmm. You didn't 
need to look at a um you know any kind of notes you mm-hmm. you're just telling that story and you if you've told that story again you've probably told it in a very similar way mm-hmm. using some of the same words yeah so it's it's just like that like just really understanding what it is you're saying what's the story you're telling why you're telling what you're telling and who you're telling it to and when you get those things clear and you're really comfortable with your character the words come Mm-hmm. Because they can only, there's only certain words that you can use to, to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I memorize. I don't know if that mm-hmm. is even well, a real thing. But, but that yeah. makes that makes sense. So I one of the things I do is I'm a speaker. Mm-hmm. And I did Toastmasters for 10 years. And one of the things that we taught ourselves and taught our club is to not memorize your speech. You might write down your speech initially, but don't memorize it. And I did make the mistake when I started out, mm-hmm. I was memorizing them until the day I got to a contest and I, I blanked out in the middle of it. And, and then since then, I really digested that whole concept of don't memorize the speech, mm-hmm. memorize the story, the concepts, the words will come in. If they're not the exact words I did last time, that's okay. They don't have so to be. be. So no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I never would have thought of that in terms of dialogue for a show like this, but uh, yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense. Same, no. same thing. Yeah. Were they strict on the words you had to use? Because I heard that with like 90s Trek, it was very much you couldn't if there was a what, but you changed the what to something else, there'd be a whole process where you'd have to redo it or you'd have to get permission from the top level to to change that word. Yeah, no, yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're still I mean, it's interesting because we'll have we have writers on set. So because we have writers on set, which, by the way, um, I support the WGA, the Writers Guild Strike. It's yep. really important. I wish I hope everybody understands that what's happening right now is the AMPTP is trying to do away with a writer's room, which is kind of like doing away with the writer's vocation. Um, and we really can't let that happen. The writers are what gives us our words. It's, it's yep. you know, we need writers and we can't have AI, um, in, you know, uh, stepping in for real yeah. people, mm-hmm. real yeah. people. It's really important. So I support the WGA like nobody's business. That's um, interesting we, because, um, hmm. You know, when people say like, oh, is these going to characters going to fall in love with each other? Are going to happen? Whatever. It's the writers who decide that. That's they right. Write the, they write the story. Mm-hmm. The actors don't write the story. No. The writers no. write the story. The writers write the stories. And yeah. So with with Star Trek, we it was very, um, you know, what what is on the script is what we say. But there was a understanding. Um, I, I, I say this often, you know, Patrick, what I loved so much about working with him because he's Patrick, you know, Sir Patrick and plays Picard, is Picard, he understands um, so well the story and storytelling of Star Trek. So when we would get to sections, if we got to sections that he didn't believe in, he would literally go, no, this is not right. We must look into this and change it because the fans will know. And he was, you know, and we would, the whole thing would shut down. Everybody like, okay, let's stop and let's talk about this. And they would, they would rework it, revamp it, fix it. So right. we like, you know, I wouldn't like sort of go, this line sucks. You know, I, I you know, <laughs> wouldn't, I wouldn't have that much gravitas as Patrick Stewart does, <laughs> but they were very aware of that kind of stuff. And if things were not, you know, seemed bumpy, there would be a moment to change. And it's an interesting thing because I, I just got back from Australia where I was shooting a film where um, that's directed and written by Will Gluck. Uh, he wrote um, wrote and directed uh, Friends with Benefits, uh, Easy A, uh, you know, uh, Peter Rabbit, those films. He does really good rom-coms. 
And what was so interesting about working with him is that he's the writer and director. Mm. So he could change lines like like on the mm-hmm. spot. And that was a really um, an interesting experience for me because I was given so much more freedom within the parameters, you know. And I think as an actor, um, it's exciting to have to go from both the Star Trek kind of world or procedural world and that kind of world because you just have to learn how to find your freedom in whatever parameters you have. If it's this on a TV show or this on a film, as long as I know where here is, I can live mm. in between. So mm-hmm. it's very it's very interesting. And you know, sometimes it's challenging, especially in procedural. The procedural shows if and and but has to be in exactly the right place. Period. Interesting. No yeah, because Interesting. you were on. Uh, my girlfriend was getting me into Bones, and so we came across your yeah. episode. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's Raffi!" Um, yeah. But the dialogue you had on that was pretty tough too, because you're dealing with all the forensic science. Yep, and there's and that's that's medicine. Yeah, forensics. Yeah, all that kind of stuff is, you know, hugely challenging. I remember when I was doing the Blades, my um, my dear friend Carlos Gomez, who I love madly, phenomenal actor. Uh, he was the coroner. <laughs> he would have days where he'd just be like, Michelle. Every single line is a medical jargon. Every single line. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I was, of course, the captain on that one. But yeah, so um, Bones definitely did that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have so, to pick on Chris for a second. Chris, you just said your girlfriend. Is it? Right. I don't also yes. want to be like my yeah, yeah, ago, you. even he, though he we just Chris just got engaged. <laughs> That's why I'm like picking on him. He should be, he needs to start saying sure my fiance. Congratulations. Yes. I don't want to be annoying, even though it's like, is, no. it, is it like, oh, by the way, I want to drop all my fiance. No, no. Cause you know what? Fiance is, uh, is a, a term that you get to use for just a certain period of time. So yeah. yep. use that. Have right. fun with okay. it. My yep. fiance. My fiance. All right. I've got permission. Big sci-fi fans. See? Be ready. <laughs> Yeah, my my daughter just got engaged, and congratulations! And I, I, I can't say her boyfriend anymore. I have to say, no. oh, her fiance. Her fiance. Yes. That. Yes. Yes. Got more weight to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Michelle, I have to say, yeah. I love when you are doing your version of Sir Patrick Stewart. That's oh, the, so that's good. awesome. Yes. We're we're, we're wow. sitting here giggling. It's it's great. It's I great. love <laughs> JL. He's wonderful. <laughs> you must understand that. I do love Patrick. He's just fantastic. So <laughs> awesome. are you allowed to, to say much about the movie you just filmed? If, it, if it's a rom-com or oh, yeah. we'll it's, get um, more information it's, Oh, absolutely. Later? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a rom-com at this okay. moment. You know how sometimes movies change names? But mm-hmm. so at this moment, it's called Anyone But You. And it stars uh, Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. Um, and then, yeah, I'm in it and Rachel Griffith's in it and Dermot Mulroney's in it and um, Brian Brown. So a bunch of and uh, a bunch of fun actors, and it's it's kind of like a little bit of a much ado about nothing, and it's mm-hmm. really wonderful. And I gotta say, this was one of the most. Um, I, I always love my my cast. We, you know, I'm I've been very lucky mm. to almost every job I've been in, I've had a really wonderful experience. There's never been like a really yucky kind of like I hate that job. It's always been really kind of wonderful. And this one was that and beyond. There was ten of us, and. We just got on so well, wow. so well that during the Easter break, we rented a cabin up in the Blue Mountains of Australia, and we all went and stayed in the cabin, wow. a bunch of actors cooking together, hiking together, laughing together, and it was just, it was just so good, and I, I don't, you know, it's not a guarantee, but I have to say, when you get together, a group of people who work so well together, who have so much fun together, creating a rom-com, there's a good possibility that it's going to be a really, um, a really good movie. So, mm-hmm. and and 
we have a release date. It's a Sony movie. So it's okay. not going to be on a, yeah, it's not on a streamer. It's going to be in the theater. Yay. In the theater, cool. yes. December 15th. So, you know. Okay. 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 Yeah. We'll look for, we'll, we'll save our pennies. Yes. Um, <laughs> real quick question. Date night. Okay. Date there night. you oh, yeah. go. Perfect. Okay. So yeah. if my husband's listening to this, we got it's date perfect. night in December. <laughs> and it's a perfect the, the, date movie. Yeah. Cool. The, 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 the question I have is, did they choose Australia because of production reasons or because the story is based in Australia? Yeah, I think they chose Australia because it was production reason, and they made the story uh, mm. uh, because of that. So that. Will Gluck, yes, Will Gluck has worked in Australia before. He's really enjoyed it. So he mm -hmm. wanted to bring this one down. So in the story, my daughter's getting married. I have married um, the second wife to this very rich Australian man. So okay. I've asked, I brought the entire family over to Australia to 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 have the wedding so it was one Very of those yeah. yeah okay i've got to enjoy I've, it oh god sorry so much. Okay. So much. sorry sorry brian i've got so another brian. question yes okay this gonna okay. Be a good one, brian? it's nerdy but it's not as nerdy as that one i've okay. i i'm not gonna edit the first one out though because i think it was don't edit it, out. Don't <laughs> edit it out it's good so, content yeah you guys will be like that's too much power he's wielding if yeah. he was embarrassed he's he let us be embarrassed plenty um so your scenes with Michael Dorn mm. um, were some of my favorites because I'm a oh, huge I'm so war glad. fan. And to see you two, I mean, Chris kind of alluded to it, the fight scenes. And mm -hmm. um, there's one particular, I can't remember which episode, but it was the, it was a major where you two were going at it against the bad guys. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, maybe it was that all in one motion shot, you know, with where it was all one camera movement and whatever. Um, I got to say that as someone who loves a well choreographed fight scene. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a, I'm not a violent fellow, <laughs> but I, one of the times for me that I was jumping off the couch was when you and Michael Dorn were just go. I mean, it was so beautiful. And you saying that you're a martial artist too. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to know about. What got you into the martial arts? And well, yeah, because that's very interesting. Um, yeah, to me, and something yeah. part of your background. Maybe some fans aren't aware of. Um, probably. Uh, um, full honesty. Um, I'm a native New Yorker and growing up in the city, uh, I, um, I went through a little bit of a delinquent time, <laughs> uh, which also, by the way, is stuff that like fed me for Rafi, you know, that whole thing of like, cause what I find so interesting is that, you know, I was a teenager and I kind of went, you know, I started like with Rocky Horror, right? Watching mm -hmm. Rocky Horror Party Show mm -hmm. and then always being out for a midnight show. And then it just kind of like mm -hmm. staying out and just being a, just a dreadful teenager. Um, but what you see is that, like in retrospect, teens are generally like looking for a place that they can claim. You know, they're looking for their own space, not what mom and dad have told them to, not what siblings are telling them, not what everybody, but their own thing. You know, so in retrospect, I see little Michelle was just looking for her 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 group. Hmm. Um, but I was just going down a really a really uh, um, um, bad path. And my parents, my father was a martial artist as well. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, why don't we get you into martial arts? And they steered me towards the martial arts conservatory, which was in the village. 
And I have to say, if it wasn't for martial arts, I probably wouldn't be here today because what I was able to do was I had my space. I had a group of people who were mine, not from anyone else. They were mine. And with martial arts, I saw that if if I committed to something, was focused on something, Mm -hmm. was respectful about something, I could achieve. I could grow. I could better myself. And you know, it, it, it wasn't someone else telling me, the teenager, right? Not someone else telling me that I needed to be more committed, more, de- de- you know, focused and all that stuff. That would have been like this. It was me discovering it by doing punches, mm-hmm. by doing kicks, by starting with kicks here and then kicks here and then kicks here. And then I was like, my kicks here. Mm-hmm. Who did that? You did that. You did that because you committed to yourself. So, uh, you know, my style is goju, which is classic karate back in the day, goju and table jutsu, and you type chi as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was literally my saving grace. It was the thing that kept me on a um, more healthy path. And and I'm so thankful for it. And, um, you know, uh, those of you who have children, there's just a little window in that sort of thing that um, they're just looking for their their voice. They're just looking for their voice. And, and, and not someone to tell them what their voice should be, but for them to be able to say, this is my voice. I found it. Um, I'm claiming it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's it. And, you know, just that's... be there to support them and, and watch it. And also for Brian and Dina, both of you told me that your sons have been called girls when they were munchkins. Well, this voice was my mm-hmm. voice when I was two or three years old. <laughs> I was called Mr. Heard's son for the, a big chunk of, you know, mm-hmm. including my delinquent time. And um, you know what? It's fine. I turned out okay. Right. And, and well, the the funny thing we were talking about this. Um, I was talking about this with some people today with my son, my older son, who's almost thirteen, and <laughs> we were talking about like, uh, just are things getting better with the different mm. genders and and just people, rec- you know? And I, you know, noticed a couple yeah. of years ago he was playing Fortnite with his friends, and they you you choose a skin. Mm. When you when you play Fortnite, you choose a mm. skin, and I noticed that him and his friends, him and his guy, like they were choosing the female skins just yes. as often as the male skins, and without it being a big deal, that like they were yes. just as kick butt. And and I asked him yes. when I noticed one day he's playing with this female skin. I'm like, hey, why'd you choose? Not not trying to right. just but just jump. Hey, why'd you choose that? And was, oh, right. Just it was just cool. And I'm thinking in my head. Like, yes, yes, it's, 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 yes. It's very common. Like there's a game series called Assassin's Creed. And a couple of years ago, one came out where you could either play the female version or the male version. Mm -hmm. And people said, oh, the male version was okay, but everybody liked the female version better. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's something that we would, you wouldn't expect to see. Um, But it's changing a lot. It is. I love that. Yeah. It's wonderful. I mean, that, you know, I think that, it does. I, I mean, you guys have a kid. I feel like there's hope for tomorrow because I do feel like there's, you know, there the, that generation is not interested in, um, you know, labels. There's a, a wonderful book called Finding Jesse um, that Chris Cooper's wife, Chris Cooper, the actor, mm-hmm. um, his wife wrote. Um, they their son, Jesse, was born I, I, uh, with cerebral palsy and um, and was paraplegic. There he had a lot of issues. And there's this one section in it that I just it like it, it it broke my heart in the most beautiful way. She writes, the mother writes about a time where one of Jesse's friends asked if he could come over if if he if Jesse could come over to his friend's house to play. And they said, sure, you can, no problem. So Jesse went over to the other house. 
the mother, you know, saw the, this young boy in the wheelchair, the whole thing, and said to the, Jesse's friend, why didn't you tell me about Jesse? And the friend said, tell you what? Nice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, because he, yeah. he only saw Jesse. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Jesse. wonderful. And that's what we want. That's yeah. what we want. Yes. Bring it right back mm-hmm. around to Star Trek. That's mm-hmm. what we want. Yep. Yep. I, yep. I definitely think there's hope. You know, I'll when I, when I watch and, the kids. and here's a quick story. I'm going to brag on my daughter, but we live yes. in a part of Canton, Ohio, um, that is predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And she goes to a school system that is predominantly white. And uh, one day she came home and said, Dad, I drew a picture of my best friend. Mm-hmm. And her best friend is, I think, Samoan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did a field trip with her class and she's the only one in the class. And my daughter, who's this beautiful blonde blue eyed girl. Mm. Um, I can't tell you the emotion I felt when my daughter mm. is, you know, just that's who her best friend is. That that's, that's right. gravitated for it. It's not a matter. And, and it could have been anybody. And they don't know. Yeah. It could have been right. anybody. That's right. Um, and I, she doesn't understand how powerful that is and right. that she has also an opportunity to be positive in that little girl's life to say, I'm that's, not like everybody else. That's right. And I see you for who you really are. And oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's and kids are that racism mm-hmm. is freaking taught. They, yeah. They don't. It's so right. taught. It's taught. Right. And so, so taught. it's, it's just, it, it just, I, we're so thankful for you, Michelle, and mm-hmm. uh, grateful for you being on our show. And I'm saying oh, that because we want to respect your time. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, we just we 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 can't tell you how much we appreciate you and what you bring to Star Trek, what you bring to entertainment, what oh. you just brought to our podcast. Oh. Um, but also, just your spirit is evident. Your kindness, oh. your grace is evident and it's so nice to meet you and see that you are a good person Mm -hmm. that you care about Mm -hmm. others and um you're passionate about what you do and really good Mm -hmm. at it too by the way and it it shows it shows so yeah yeah. well thank you Um, you guys are awesome and thank you for thank you for saying those kind words i really appreciate it and you know all i all i ever try i say this to my hubby all the time time is that just trying to do better every day i just try to do better and, and i and i have hope because you know, it's interesting. I um, when during the pandemic, when you know we're all shut down, and and then there was all the videos of, of you know people getting killed, and mm-hmm. you know, and it was it was just a lot. You know, it was mm-hmm. really a lot. And you know, I don't know, if Chris, if you experienced it, but I kind of felt like I was having some weird PTSD as a person of color. You know, it was just mm-hmm. it was a lot. And I called my mom, and you know, the white one, <laughs> the white woman, <laughs> and I said, "Mommy, you know, you and Daddy, because my father's passed." I said, you guys were alive when Dr. King was assassinated, when Malcolm X was mm. assassinated, when both Kennedys were assassinated. You, you know, you were vilified being in black and white, getting married. Your parent, your family yeah. had disowned you know, all this stuff. I said, you must have felt like the sky was coming down because I feel like the sky is coming mm. down right now. I'm, I'm, I'm so outside of my body. I don't know what to do. What can I do? And my mom said, honey, you have to have hope. You have to have hope. Or better mm-hmm. tomorrow mm-hmm. because we're on the right side of history and we're not going right. anywhere. And that's, that's like my, my thing. I just mm-hmm. want us, I want us to hold space like Star Trek. I want us to hold space right. for people who are different, take deep breaths, find some similarity yep. 
yep. and have the you know and 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 try to do better for tomorrow because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's in every one of us. It's required of us all to set an example to do what we say and do what we do and show it to other people. But really, I I, I say, Michelle, your your smile just says you're a happy, happy (laughs) person. And we are so grateful that you connected with Adina and yeah. we, and when we learned that you're going to be on the show, it was like, <gasps> it was, the mania. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mania. We, 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 it just, thank you. Thank you so awesome. much for your time. Rough yes. day at work, trying not to smile every time I was thinking, it's just like, Oh, I got to talk to a client. I can't be smiling. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, with uh, all that, I want yes. to yeah, say, you know, Michelle, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. And I'm going to say thank you to the listening audience, too. Yes, we know you. that everyone has had a great time listening and hope everyone feels that they were part of this conversation as well. And, yes. you know, maybe you also just wanted to chime in and have some things to say during this episode. So we would love to know about that. Mm-hmm. You can always email us at the big sci fi podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Or, You can let us know your thoughts by joining our awesome Facebook group or following us on Instagram and Twitter or by subscribing to our YouTube page for the video content that we share. So we are now part of the Trek Geeks podcast network, and you can check us out and all the other amazing podcasts at trekgeeks.com. So until next time, be well, be kind, and live long and prosper so you can catch the next exciting episode of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. (laughs) 